You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Simon Walthorton. Hello and welcome to episode number two of Plane Talking UK, the UK-based podcast where we talk about all things aviation. I'm Carl Stowings, and with me in the studio, as always, is our military expert, Simon Waldtorton. Hello, Simon. Hello, Carlos. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good, good. Well, we hope you enjoyed our first uh, podcast. That was it was definitely a, a, dro- a sort of a test run, wasn't it, really, Simon? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. That yeah. was to see how we'd, uh, how we'd get on. We hope you enjoyed it anyway. Um, so we hope you're going to listen again in full to our second podcast uh, we're going to try and do at least uh, two of these a month, um, hopefully, and bring you some news from the UK and uh, from around the world as well. For about yes, uh, and uh, also we're all set up on uh, Facebook as well. Yes, we are. Yes, we have our Facebook uh, account set up, so you can uh, see us on Facebook, uh, find us there, search for us, uh, Plain Talking UK podcast on I love Facebook. The uh, little lo- uh, logo uh, we've got for that. Yeah, that's good. Is that, that what you made? Yeah, well, I had uh, a designer design that logo for us. That's quite a good logo, isn't it? It is, yeah. Little it's... aircraft with the uh, headphones and yeah. microphone and yeah, stuff. Good. It's a good one. And also, uh, we have an email now, so you can email, uh, email us uh, any uh, comments or suggestions. Hopefully, they're good comments. Um, that's at Plain Talking. UK at hotmail.com, plain as in P L A N E. So that's plain talking UK at hotmail.com. Send us an email. Yes. And any uh, questions? Any questions? Uh, and any we will, we'll try and answer them all for you. We will do, yeah. Yeah. And uh, any suggestions of stuff you want us to talk about in the show as well are greatly, uh, greatly received. received. Yes. 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 So we are going to kick off the show then as we uh, mean to start with the news then. So uh, if you're ready, Simon. Yes. We'll kick off with some news. Yes, okay. So with that, uh, with that music then, we're going to kick off with some news. So first off then, uh, some EasyJet news. Um, in October, EasyJet posted uh, online that uh, their passenger load was up 5.4%. Um, the uh, carrier said that it carried, in October, 5.53 million passengers which is a huge amount of passengers, isn't it, Simon? That is, yeah. For EasyJet. Yeah, is that mainly out of the UK, or is that just to cover their whole... That, that, um, is, that is out of the UK to, to all their uh, to their destinations, yeah. And they're uh, mainly short-haul flights anyway, aren't they? They are, yeah. Holidaymakers yeah. flights, cheap, uh, cheap sort of the budget airline flights. Um, so have you, have you flown EasyJet before? Uh, yes, uh, I've flown that a few times uh, on the 737, but I don't think they've got those now. It's no, I think the they've got, they've got rid of those A320s. That's it, yeah, the 320s. Uh, up to Glasgow and uh, back in Stansted, which are the airports, which I like. So convenient, as we said the other day. Yeah, I've flown EasyJet a few times myself. In fact, I found it would be... Uh, I prefer them to Ryanair, I have to say. Yes. Um... Because of their their customer service, I think is, yeah, is slightly better with yeah. EasyJet, yeah, than uh, than Ryanair. Um, but uh, I tend to fly Ryanair because of their look. Like I said in episode one, we were talking about Ryanair for their purely for their times. They've yes. got slightly um, yes. more better times to fly from airports. Yeah. And some more news um, 
from uh, EasyJet as well. Uh, EasyJet have posted some news saying that uh, reports of uh, increased cancellations due to ATC strikes. Um, last month, uh, EasyJet cancelled almost 180 flights due to air traffic control strikes uh, in France and Italy. Yes. They seem to be quite a regular occurrence, don't they, uh, in the last few uh, sort of years? Yeah, I've, I've been held up a few times uh, with by a- ATC, and they always seem to be fr- French ATC yes. controllers going on strike. I don't know uh, what, what that is about, but I'm sure we'll uh, find out soon. Yeah, so that bit there for, uh, for about uh, EasyJet. Anyway, so moving on, another bit of news. Uh, City Airport, London City Airport, is celebrating 26 years uh, in business. I didn't even know that London City Airport had been going that long. No, you, Simon? No. no, definitely not. 26 years in business, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the uh, airport, which is situated uh, at the Royal Docks, was officially opened by the Queen mm. on November the 5th, 1987. Wow. And uh, we can see here from the news as well, it's... Uh, been growing in operation from uh, operation strength uh, each year, and uh, it's seen more than a million flights and close to forty million passengers go through the airport since it's uh, opened. Yes, now it, a lot of people may not know this. It only has one runway, which they use for takeoffs and landings, so they have to juggle the uh, flights about quite a lot to do this. Oh, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, just one flight, um, one runway. So is that quite? That's probably. I think that's quite a short runway. It as is. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And obviously, uh, the aircraft that are used at this airport um, do vary. We've got the uh, Fokker fifties, uh, the BA one four six, which is a perfect aircraft for sort of short uh, runways. That's the little uh, short um, stubby aircraft with is, the four yes. engines. TNT yeah. actually uh, use that as a cargo plane, and there's quite a few still at Norwich Airport which are in storage. So, yeah, that is um, one of the aircraft used at London City Airport. And um, I've actually stayed at the Hilton opposite the Docklands, and uh, it's quite a sight to watch the aircraft on the steep approach on the as they approach the uh, runway at London City, and also on takeoff. So. That's quite something to watch. Wow. The airport uh, serves 47 destinations across Europe, operated by 10 airlines, as well as a business class-only service to New York each day. Really? Which I didn't realise yet. No, I didn't. Um, I'll have to find out what aircraft they uh, use on that. We will have to research that one. Yes, definitely. Uh, That sounds quite interesting to talk about. I know the 757s have that range capability to fly direct. The 767 uh, long-range... But whether the seven six would fit into to London City Airport with that, we'll have to research that one for the next episode. We're gonna have to find that one out. Yeah, that sounds. Uh, that's something I didn't even know. No. So some more news. Moving on then, East Midlands uh, Airport <coughs> news. Uh, so Ryanair is to launch flights to Cork from East Midlands Airport. Um, they've they have actually launched them now. Um, and the number of destin- uh, destinations from East Midlands Airport has risen now to 21. Have you ever flown from East Midlands Airport? Uh, no, I haven't. No, I, I can't say oh, I yes, have either. Tell a lie, I have. Um, I've flown, is that the Coventry uh, Airport? That is, isn't it? Yes. Yes, um, Air Atlantic. I've flown uh, the DC-3 Dakota from there to uh, Riyadh um, Airshow. A couple of times, so yes, I have flown out of there, but only on that aircraft. On a DC three, yes, and what also, a treat. <laughs> yeah, and uh, also there's another aircraft I flew, out, um, which was 
an old uh, vintage aircraft. I'll have to find out because I can't quite remember what uh, aircraft that was, but it was a few years back. So, ah. so moving on then to some Ryanair news. We can't uh, do the news without having some Ryanair news. Um, the Ryanair are to launch nine new routes from London Stansted uh, to destinations in Europe and Morocco. Uh, the airline launched its winter schedule for London Stansted on Wednesday, including new flights to Comiso, Fez, Nuremberg, Ostrava, Strasbourg, uh, beginning this week. And there's also two new routes to Dortmund and Lisbon. They're beginning uh, on November the 26th. And there's also some new services to Bordeaux, Rabat and Morocco, and they're due to begin in February. Uh, to mark its release of the new winter flights, Ryanair has also released 100,000 seats across uh, its European route network, with fares starting from as little as 14.99. And the fares are valid for travel on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays thursdays for selected departures in december and january and they've also got to be booked online before midnight on november the 11th and don't include the optional fees such as checked baggage does that surprise you <laughs> nothing surprises me with that <laughs> i love it when they posted the uh, the prices on the uh, <coughs> on the adverts and stuff you know the, the cheap fares you yes. know the, the 10 pound 9.99 and the uh, 15 pound fares but then you've always got to add on that uh, baggage fee if you want to take a suitcase yes. and uh and i think at the moment they've actually withdrawn a lot of the credit card fees due to um public pressure and uh they've all gone now haven't they yeah i think they've reduced the fees yeah. i think they've reduced the fees because by the time the flight looks good uh, value for money when you see it there on the paper but then by the time you've added your luggage uh your seat fees and all these little fees that a lot of these little um, and and the, airlines and, and the cost of your panini uh, toasted bread. Yes, or your small <laughs> tub of Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> we've all we've all done that. We've all, we've all been on board a Ryanair flight and brought uh, 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 lukewarm panini bread. I yes. think and, so, and a tube, a tub of Pringles. <clears throat> I, I know I have. Yes. <laughs> and also, um, the low cost carrier Ryanair has also uh, made a decision or announced a decision to introduce fully allocated seating. <coughs> on all its flights from February next year. Um, something which I, I tried uh, this year in June when we flew to Malta with Ryanair and uh, booked and uh, booked an actual seat, uh, reserved a seat, the overwing exit seat um, on our flight. And I tell you, what, it, was, it was 12 quid, I think it was 12 pounds each, each way yes. to reserve your seat. But with that, you do get your priority boarding. Yeah. And it was worth worth its money, I think, because we did, like I said, we had uh, you have lots of legroom because of the overwing exit seats. You always get uh, plenty of legroom on the seven three seven eight hundreds, and also because we were first on board, um, our hand luggage was situated above our heads in the locker rather than uh, in ten lockers back towards the back of the aircraft, yeah. which a lot of people's were. Yeah, that may be uh, one of their ways they're trying to improve it, having the uh, allocated seats um, because a lot of these. Budget airlines do a free for all on some seats. I know. Well, they're going to, according to the uh, new site here, the um, anyone wishing to choose their own seat is going to have to pay five pounds per person per flight. Um, currently, uh, passengers can reserve a, reserve a seat, but at a cost of ten pound per flight. So that's that's quite good. Um, I think they're trying to um, improve the image of Ryanair by um, cutting costs of. Uh, 
ticket or add-ons and stuff and um, trying to make it a bit more of a, uh, a pleasant experience to book and, and, yeah. and fly with Ryanair. Yeah. And also, for those of you as well out there listening, Ryanair are also um, going to have a Twitter account online, which, oh. will, which will be good. Because um, I know a lot of airlines, uh, especially a lot of US airlines, have Twitter accounts where passengers can um, can uh, vent, their vent their frustrations. Yes, yeah. to uh, to and they are monitored by the airlines as well, quite quite heavily, especially the US ones. Yeah. They they do tend to um, pick up on complaints from passengers and yeah. stuff. For I suppose uh, that's uh, one way of uh, sort of uh, leaving your feedback because uh, a lot of uh, airlines. Uh, I've been in flight and you used to fill in the cards, but with Twitter you can actually uh, leave your feedback. Uh, and uh, vent your frustration with that account. So, yeah, that's a good idea. Hopefully that'll work. Yes. Apparently the, uh, the, the shift towards better customer service follows a fall in bookings uh, in September this year. Ryanair um, had a fall in bookings in September, so they're trying this to, um, to, to improve things. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, they have had a lot of bad publicity on the TV and uh, through the press, so uh, but perhaps this is their way of uh, finally trying to uh, buck their ideas up and uh, hopefully uh, make them making it a lot better for themselves. Yes. So moving on then, we've got some uh, some comedy news, some comedy aviation right. news. We'll have to drop some of this here yeah, in, we, in the, oh, in the news segment. Comedy, uh, in, uh, You've got to have some comedy yes, in, in aviation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we've got uh, a news story here that uh, a female passenger was left trapped in a lavatory on a British Airways plane as it sped down the runway and took off. Ever happened to you, Simon? No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I'd make sure that doesn't happen to me. So the woman was in the uh, was in the lavatory when the plane started to roll down the runway. She tried to exit but was told it was too dangerous and to stay inside the toilet. Uh, the female passenger could only return to her seat when the seatbelt signs, uh, warning signs, went off. So she had to stay in the toilet. So was the- it automatically uh, locked by the uh, pilots or... Do you know? No, well, apparently she tried to get out of the toilet but was told by the cabin crew to, to stay in the toilet right. until the aircraft, uh, the seatbelt warning lights had been switched off. That must have been quite an experience uh, on the loo, uh, taking off. It, it was actually a, um, a Gatwick-bound flight um, <laughs> on which it happened. Um, but everything turned out okay there. Um, I think uh, the air, um, the woman is, is, um, is um, was a bit shocked, but... Uh, she got she got on all right, I think. To, yeah. You know, she got to her destination, so uh, she's all happy there. Yes. So moving on with some more news. So Thomas Cook, um, or Thomas Cook UK, are going to start flying their aircraft with the new livery. Uh, they've changed, updated their livery paint job. Uh, that'll be shown on their new Airbus A321, um, which is uh, in the final stage of being put together and, and uh, painted in Germany. And that'll begin flying in mid-December, complete with the new com- the company's new Sunny Heart symbol, um, which they're going to have. I haven't seen the, uh, new, to- the uh, new Thomas Cook logo, but um, no. I'm sure if... Uh, if we search the realms of Google, yes. other search engines are available, yes. you'll uh, be able to uh, see that. They've got some uh, Dreamliner aircraft as well, I believe. Thomas Cook, oh, they have, they have, uh, Thompson have, haven't oh, they? Thompson. Thompson have, yeah, yeah, yeah Thomas them, Cook. Get them uh, muddled up. I must admit, when, when we flew from uh, Stansted not so long back, um, I remember seeing one of Thomas Cook's um, Airbus aircraft um, parked outside at the gate 
and we were flying with Thompson. But uh, I remember noticing how um, sort of bedraggled and um, uh, exhaust-stained the sides of the aircraft were. It looked a pretty sorry um, aircraft, and on later researching, the aircraft was um, was nearly twelve years old. So, quite quite an old aircraft. Yeah, do um, airlines actually wash their aircraft? They they do have aircraft washers. Yeah, Heathrow and Gatwick have definitely got them. Um, All I've ever seen um, in the winter time and uh, when they're in special cold areas and cold climates is uh, getting waxed and de-iced. But I've never seen an aircraft being washed. So, um, but some, like you say, do have the uh, old aircraft sort of stains and engine stains on them. So, yes. But the new Thompson aircraft, especially the Dreamliner, I've, I've um, seen the pictures of that online. Pristine. Yes. But they are they are a yes. brand new aircraft. I but do. even their seven three seven eight hundreds, they've got a few new ones of them, Thompson, and they yeah. are they're they're spotless as well. Yeah, the uh, new Dreamliner. There's been quite a lot of problems, but hopefully they've all been uh, ironed out now because uh, they had a lot of problems with the battery packs catching fire in the aircraft. So yes, and also I read as well uh, some more news on the. The Ethiopian 787 that caught fire at Heathrow yes. not so long back. Yeah. Um, I remember that. That caught fire on the stand while while it was parked. There was no passengers on board. Um, apparently that aircraft is um, is going to be repaired. They so are, it's still grounded at the moment then? It's still grounded, but it's they are... Heathrow. It's still at Heathrow in a hangar, but uh, Boeing are going to repair the... Um, the actual fuselage section, which was um, which was damaged, yeah, it must have been damaged quite badly just to be uh, in storage for, before um, to still be grounded. Mm, I think it would have been a lot quicker had it been a normal standard aluminium um, yes. base fuselage, yeah. but obviously the Dreamliner is the composite uh, lightweight material, yes. a lot harder to uh, to fix. I think mm. that uh, aircraft, I do like its uh, engines and the engine mounts on that. Now I don't know what the specifics is of that having those the patterned actual circle around the uh, rear of the aircraft oh is it the with the, the jagged edges yes, at the back yeah. yeah what is that for streamlining the aircraft or i think that's something to do with the engine design yeah for uh, better airflow through the engine yeah. the person to ask that would be uh, max flight on the uh, airplane geeks podcast right. he's he's the uh, he's a, he's a good engine man to ask a question like that yes yeah <laughs> So, last bit of news then, uh, before we move on to some uh, military aviation news. We can see that Virgin Atlantic are to introduce a in-flight soap catch-up service. So, uh, when you fly um, Virgin Atlantic in the future, you'll be able to uh, catch up on all your soaps, your UK soaps, uh, in flight. Is that on outbound or inbound flights? I would imagine that will be on return flights, wouldn't it? If you've been away on holiday, that's um, on. Yeah, that's on their return flights. Um, so you'll be able to uh, to catch up. Like I said, on all the. Um, it's going to launch in November this year, uh, so it should be launching any time any time now. That must be a public demand thing or a way of uh, enticing more passengers. Yeah, I think because a lot of people like to catch up on news and stuff when yeah, they return home from, from a long holiday. Yeah. Um, but then you get the hardcore soap fans of yes. uh, Coronation Street Emma and Dale. Uh, Emmerdale <laughs> who like to catch up on what's been going on while they've been away. Um, do you like any soaps? No, I can't say I do watch any of them. I'm, I'm normally uh, trawling uh, the internet looking at um, uh, aviation type uh, yes. stuff. Yeah, or, definitely. Um, so, yeah, so that's a good one then. So you'll be able to, uh, from November, look at uh, 
your soaps, catch up with your soaps on uh, Virgin Atlantic flights. So that's it for the news. And just a bit we're going to add on to the news um, from episode one. We were talking about the DC-10 uh, air tanker, uh, the uh, firefighting air tanker we were talking about, weren't we? Yes. Um, yeah. Some more info on that, courtesy of Simon. He's been, uh, he's been delving deep into, uh, into the realms of the internet to find some uh, more info for us. And uh, so the info we've got as well, uh, to add on to the uh, info we gave you on the last episode, which wasn't a lot, um, was, uh, so the uh, DC-10, it's a McDonnell Douglas DC-10 uh, converted passenger airliner, and um, it, uh, it has the ability to carry fire retardant and water on board, and it carries up to 12,000 US gallons, which converts into 45,000 litres of water or fire retardant, and that's carried in an exterior belly-mounted tank, and the contents of which can be released in eight seconds. That's quite that's, impressive. That's quite it? impressive, isn't it? Yes, that is. Um, there's two air tankers which have, uh, are in currently in operation, um, with the call signs Tanker Nine One Zero and Nine One One, which is quite uh, an interesting designation, I think. Um, yes. I think it's the the, the American uh, emergency uh, numbers, not yes, nine one one, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, it is. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and the first flight of the um, the tankers, bear in mind they are converted um, passenger aircraft, was uh, the June eighteenth, nineteen seventy four. Really? So they are they're they're older than me. <laughs> nearly as old as me. <laughs> nearly I'm, not as, giving, I'm not giving my uh, nearly as old as Simon. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's secretly younger than me, I think. <laughs> so the uh, the external retardant tanks are designed to be filled from standard three-inch camlock couplings, uh, utilizing one, two, or three hoses. The tanks can be filled as quickly at a loading base with the loading capabilities in typically fifteen to twenty minutes, which is quite quick, really, considering how much uh, yes. how much they uh, have yes. on there. And if you are interested uh, in. Uh more on this you can uh, if you go on youtube and uh, type in dc10 air tanker uh, fire aircraft you will actually see them in action and it is quite an impressive sight i must say uh, looking at it over the uh, yes simon, simon was showing me those before we before we started the show today and yes. on uh, on youtube and they were it's pretty a sight to see really it the, is yes and uh, bearing in mind that's not the only aircraft um, the 747 does that as well um, obviously we haven't got the information on that but um, we'll get that another day but it is an impressive sight and a few passes on that if, on a major fire in the California area or wherever they're uh, flying in America uh, does uh, help the uh, crew on the ground um, with the fires quite a lot yeah You'll have to look on YouTube for that one and then see those videos because, like I said, they are pretty awesome to watch. Yes, and that red uh, fire retardant uh, coming out of the aircraft, uh, you can see that the area that it covers uh, quite, quite easily. So those of you who, are, um, who watch the video and, and wonder about the, uh, how the aircraft manages to fly or be stable in air, the tanks have internal baffles to prevent the, uh, the fluid retardant or water shifting uh, from its centre of gravity while, whilst the aircraft is uh, flying. So that obviously stops the water sloshing around, as we yes, like to call and, it. and uh, also keeps the aircraft uh, stable on its very low uh, passes and approaches uh, to the fires. Which it does, do some, some awesomely low, some low passes, yeah. yeah. And a lot of sceptics have argued that the DC-10's lack of manoeuvrability 
Um, however, despite its size, um, has proven to be quite agile even as a tanker uh, in all atmospheric conditions um, and has, has been proven to be a very uh, successful aircraft yes. uh, in, the, in the tanker service of yes. putting out fires. Yeah, well, watching that, I think it is quite manoeuvrable because it was coming over that mountain and it slooped, stooped in quite low, didn't it, and uh, dropped that. I don't know what the uh, actual height of it was. Uh, coming into that fire was, but that was quite impressive and uh, looks good. So the DC-10 operates with a flight crew of three. Three, yes. Um, and obviously you've got your pilot, co-pilot and flight engineer. And the tanker always works with a lead plane, um, which can be effective when fighting wildfires, obviously as a, as a, as yes. a spotter plane. Yeah, it must be sending information back to them uh, yes. to uh, give them an idea or coordinates or grid references for the area that they uh, need to uh, um, fly over. So Tanker 910 was first used in 2006 um, when it fought the Sawtooth Complex Fire in San Bernardino in County California. Yes. Um, Sorry, looking through here. I'm trying to read fast here to get some other information. Uh, Later in the same month, the aircraft was used again... uh, for several smaller fires uh, in California, as well as the Columbia Complex fire in Washington. And in September 2006, Tanker 910 was activated by CAL fire for use against the Day fire, and the following month it flew against uh, the Esperanza fire. So it's, it's, been, it's quite heavily used, yes. but then they, in America they tend to have um, a, a lot uh, worse of fires, I think, than we have here in the yes, UK because yeah. of the heat. Yeah, um, and the temperature variation. But having said that, that aircraft being quite big um, and long range, I suppose it could be drafted anywhere in the world if need be, if there was a major fire, or anywhere in the US which they can use it for. So in 2013, this year already, we can see here that uh, it's been used on uh, the Mountain Center, California Mountain Fire, uh, Utah at the Patch Springs Fire, in Tule County in Utah, I hope I pronounced that right, uh, the Rim Fire in California, Morgan Fire in California, and the Marjorie Fire in California. Yes. So it's quite, quite uh, a busy aircraft, really. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So don't forget, if you want to find out and see some, uh, some, video, some great videos of that um, flying as well, to look on YouTube and search the DC-10 fire tanker. Yes, yeah. And the last bit, I think, uh, we're going to finish off the news for for this week, the last bit of news. Some of you may have seen on the news this week of the uh, collision of the two two Cessna 172s that collided uh, with the parachutes on board. Uh, Most of you would have probably seen it who follow the aviation uh, forums and stuff. But quite uh, quite a video to watch that one that's on. Yes, uh, definitely. Yeah, it's been on the news um, or main news on uh, in a lot of uh, countries. So uh, if you've missed it, you've uh, you must have been living in another world. But um, I just can't believe that every single person has actually survived this uh, major uh, skydive uh, accident. And uh, it, as we said, uh, it's on YouTube. Um, but uh, one aircraft landed safely with uh, major damage. And the other Cessna lost its wing, and um, 
sort of uh, caught fire and exploded in midair and crashed to the ground. But, but the pilot got he got out though, didn't he? Yes, um, the pilot got out, which was good, and I'm uh, so pleased for all those people uh, getting out and surviving that. Um, Definitely, yeah, yeah. That's that's a great outcome from uh, from what could have been a, quite a bad disaster. Yes, really. uh, well, that looked uh, pretty bad from the uh, footage. Having those two aircraft, one aircraft looks as though it just near enough lands on top of the other one. And um, I think the prop actually chopped one of the uh, wings off or something like that. Uh, yes, yeah, so the video shows, uh, if you go on to, um, to the American news sites or YouTube, you can um, type in the um, Cessna uh, parachute to, uh, aircraft collide. You'll see it on there. Um, and like Simon was saying on the video, you can see the uh, the aircraft shearing off um, the lower plane. I think it was the lower yes, Cessna. Yeah. And uh, the top half of the wing engulfing in fire, because yes. uh, those of you who know your aircraft will obviously know that the fuel is stored in uh, in the wings on on the uh, Cessna aircraft. Yes, and all uh, other aircraft. There's not many aircraft I don't yeah. think that have um, have uh, fuel anywhere else. But nine skydivers um, jumped to safety, and like I said, the the other pilot from the stricken aircraft managed to uh, put on his emergency shoot, shoot and. Uh, and jump and land safely as well. Yes, but, yep. So that's one to watch out for, for definite on YouTube, but a great outcome, and uh, good news that all those uh, skydivers and the pilots uh, managed to uh, go home to their families that night. Yes, yep. So that's all from the news for this week, and, uh, well, that'll be it for the news. Yes. Okay, so we're going to move on with the show then, and we're going to bring in some military news for this week and some military talk, aviation talk as well. So we're going to bring you over to Simon for the military news. So, with the military aviation news then, hand you over to Simon. Thanks very much, Carlos. Um, yes, I've uh, been tracking the uh, Red Arrows uh, this week on their flight, um, extended uh, flight season, uh, display season, I should say, uh, to uh, the uh, Middle East. And uh, a lot of people don't know that all the aircraft do have a lot of um, support uh, needed to, to uh, get them out to the Middle East. You've got 100 uh, support staff for the Red Arrows including operation flight planners, engineering technicians, photographers, safety equipment experts, drivers, public relations departments, suppliers and administrators. So this uh, flight to the Middle East is obviously done in segments and uh, obviously the aircraft need to be looked after and all the spare parts are taken and uh, obviously all the uh, flying uh, and practicing is done out, um, in certain areas. Um, but the amount of uh, backup and uh, looking after the aircraft is uh, quite uh, intense. So it's uh, something that I'd love to be out there uh, watching, but obviously uh, uh, work commitments uh, can't do that. So um, <clears throat> yes, yeah, so sort of uh, track them all the way out there, and uh, obviously uh, 
this is uh, going to be next year's, or next year's, it's going to be the 50th anniversary, which I'm uh, looking forward to immensely, and hopefully uh, I can come with, uh, or Carl, Carlos can come with me. I'll definitely um, be, yeah, definitely up for that. Yeah, uh, to a lot of the uh, shows. I think it could be quite a memorable uh, year for the Red Arrows. Um, you will hear me talking a lot about the uh, Red Arrows, because I do um, find them one of uh, the most interesting display teams in the world, uh, if not the best. So, um their first season, a little bit of uh, history on the Red Arrows, their first season in 1965, the Red Arrows flew 65 displays in Britain, France, Italy, Holland, Belgium and Germany. <coughs> and the team was awarded the Britannia Trophy by the Royal Aero Club in recognition for its outstanding contribution to British prestige in the field of aviation. When the team f continued to fly seven aircraft in most displays, the first display with nine pilots was in July 1966 for the benefit of His Royal Highness the Duke of Edinburgh. The practice of carrying spare pilots proved unsatisfactory because the display was so specialised and each position had its own demands. Obviously different um, areas where you fly in a pattern uh, with the aircraft obviously pull, uh, pulls uh, different strains to the aircraft. So um, that is... Uh, uh, quite uh, intense. In 1968 the team was officially increased to the size 9 <coughs> um, aircraft. Is that they they, they fly in a, in a diamond, is it a diamond 9 <coughs> yes, formation? Yes it's a diamond 9 yeah. uh, formation and then when they arrive um, it's normally called big battle formation or the arrival the big 9 and they are allowed to fly over the crowd again um, which has only been in the last few years um, to surprise the crowd from crowd rear, but um, there's not many display um, teams that can do that. So that is one uh, thing that we used to enjoy. Then it was stopped because of uh, certain aircraft accidents. But safely say um, it's back. Uh, so the Red Red Arrow is uh, still using the uh, Hawk British Aerospace uh, Space Hawk. Yeah, so the T1A Hawk. Because um, they they got those in 1979. Yes, those they did. Hawks. Yes, uh, so they're quite old. Um, I have uh, seen a couple of sites where they did say the new uh, BA Systems Mark II Hawk is, um, well there's a few allocated for them, but at the moment there is no official news of when those aircraft will be update, uh, updated or um, upgraded. So, um, we're just but I, I would imagine that those aircraft are so heavily maintenance and, and yes. looked after that yes. I, I would imagine even though they're they're quite an old aircraft now yes. they, they're in in good condition yes and when they obviously come back from the middle east uh on that um display tour the aircraft will be stripped down completely <coughs> uh, which is quite intense with the wings um, being taken off and the air each aircraft that they have uh, completely stripped down so it's quite a big job and that will be done at RAF Scampton. And then I think they go back out to the Middle East um, or Cyprus area to do some training uh, for the winter, ready for the sort of 50th anniversary season. So I've read that uh, on the online, Simon. They seem to favour <coughs> Cyprus as, as, a, as a training area. Yes, I think that's is it RAF Aquatiri. Um, I think that's the uh, airport in Cyprus, uh, military airport that they uh, normally use for that. So um, the conditions are normally perfect. 
uh, flying conditions and it's brilliant sunshine and hot every day which uh, they require it's good for training yes mm-hmm. and rather than uh, the UK weather in the winter time so, <laughs> which will be which is no good for training no, <laughs> definitely no, not um, no. yes so um, the current aircraft that they uh, have I will give you a quick rundown it's uh, the registration aircraft so the T1A and the T1s we have got um, we've got X-ray, X-ray, 242, 245, 325, 219, which is T1A, 227, which is T1A, 264, 266, 319, And back to the Middle East tour, this tour is uh, to promote uh, BAE systems and to try and sell uh, aircraft um, to the uh, Middle East people. So hopefully if uh, they go out there, then they can sell quite a few uh, aircraft to them. I'm also reading as well, Simon, that that since the the team's creation in in, uh, 1965... Um, the Red Arrows have flown over 4,000 displays in 52 countries. That is quite That's impressive, isn't it? Pretty awesome, yeah. Yes, yeah. that is very impressive. Um, that is uh, one thing. And obviously, I used to watch uh, them at Alton Broad in the old Fallen Nat, and that was a nine-display um, aircraft. And also at the Seething Airfield. Um, I mean, they used to land there when it was a bigger airfield. So. Ah, yes, yes. Not far from me, Seething. No. And they also put on an awesome air show each year. For those of you who are in the uh, area of uh, East Anglia, um, look up Seething on Google. Uh, it's a nice little airfield, private, privately owned airfield, um, and they have a good air show each year. Yes, and uh, by the looks of things, um, obviously I was at Duxford this year and I didn't make it uh, to Seething, but um, as I'm watching that grow each year uh, by the list of aircraft that do actually fly there and a lot of those aircraft um, that do display at uh, Seething come from uh, Duxford after they've displayed there so yes yeah I, w- I was there this year uh, in full force with camera force yes um, it was an awesome air show this year again at Seething the guys put on a great uh, great display we had uh, the trig display team um, and also the Sally B, the Sally B, yes, the Sally B uh, B seventeen bomber. She f- she came in from uh, from Duxford, like Simon was just saying there. Um, um, it was it was actually quite a, a, an interesting um, uh, hour of the display because all day the the sun had been shining. Uh, it, was bit, it was a bit cloudy, a little bit windy, but warm. Um, and just before the uh, Sally B was due to arrive, the heavens opened up with um, what what can only be described as um, uh, gallons of rain yes. uh, per per square inch, yes. um, soaking uh, pretty much everyone. Um, and the rain continued on for a good uh, for a good half hour, um, which sort of. Uh, did grey in the skies a bit, but the Sally B came in and got some good shots of her uh, flying over. She still continues to do uh, a great display, even yes. though it was um, slightly wet. Um, and as the rain did eventually stop, she done uh, three or four fly pass, um, one with the smoke from the uh, number one and two engines, yeah. which is, is quite a, a sight to see. Yes. 
think it was uh, used in the Memphis Bell uh, yes, film. Yes, that was. Yeah, they painted uh, one side with Sally B and one side with Memphis Bell. Yeah. So they could uh, they could use the aircraft to look like uh, well two different aircraft. Oh, that's a pretty uh, nifty idea. I never thought of that. Yeah, that's what they done. Uh, yeah, according uh, according to the uh, film writers, there, that's what they done to uh, to give the the deception of uh, more than one uh, B-17. Yes, yeah. But a, a great sight, though, to see and, and to hear as well. Yes. That that noise from yes. from the engines is is, yes. Um, yes. is awesome. That is, um, I love that aircraft. And also um, the Lancaster Hurricane Spitfire there, another great British-built uh, aircraft, uh, which I uh, do like. So, yeah. Uh, getting on to the uh, uh, Queen's flight, um, if uh, anyone doesn't know, this happens... Uh, around uh, sort of second weekend in June <coughs> every year, excuse me. And it's a formation of uh, air, RAF helicopters and fixed wing aircraft to provide Her Majesty the Queen's fly pass on her official birthday. It normally passes over Buckingham Palace around 1 pm. And there's a formation of up to 30 aircraft. Um, and uh, it's a quite an impressive sight and uh, what I'm going to be doing hopefully next next year um, is popping down to Southwold um, because you can get a quite a, um, a nice view of the aircraft all forming up over Southwold and over the North Sea, um, over East Anglia, uh, en route to uh, Buckingham Palace and um, it's quite an impressive sight. Um, it's normally the uh, Red Arrows are somewhere around uh, the last aircraft to join uh, the uh, flyby, and um, there are some pretty impressive uh, aircraft. As I said, uh, we've got the um, obviously the VC10 was its final year this year, so that won't be flying. That's but, stopped completely now. So yes, that's not flying anymore. No, that's not flying anymore, as mm. we said in our first podcast. Um, but hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. I'm gonna. Uh, be able to take you to see the uh, your favourite aircraft, which is the uh, TriStar flight. <laughs> yeah, um, those, those of you who who will uh, hopefully continue to listen to uh, this podcast will know that the uh, Lockheed TriStar is a special uh, has a special place in my heart. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, and I have flown that one or two times, which is a, a lovely aircraft. Yeah, getting back to the uh, Queen's Flypass, um, normally have the uh, AWACS which is the uh, aircraft with the uh, dish on top of the uh, fuselage on a mount. That is normally used um, for, obviously, reconnaissance and all other um, information gathering uh, on flights and data. And uh, they do use that in the Queen's flight uh, to keep all the aircraft um, at a safe distance um, in the formation. And also the E3D Sentry, that's a um, flanked by two typhoons uh, this year, which was good. Uh, what what aircraft, Simon? Is that E three Century? Is that uh, is that aircraft type? Is that? Um, I think that is the uh, AWACS because I get the E uh, three is the Sentinel and that uh, muddled up because um, they are sort of near enough the same sort of name. Yes, uh, we've got the Sentinel, which is the old. Um, I say old is the regional jet conversion aircraft which is a, a civil air aircraft but that has been converted uh, to hold a lots of um, um, private and secret um, 
radar tracking stuff. Yes. Secret. Yeah. Yeah. To, yes. to, to, to spy. So that it? is the Sentinel, and then the I think it's the E three, ED three Sentinel. Yes, that is, which is an old. Um, KC-135. Oh, that's the one that looks like the 707. It is. That, it, that yeah. is exactly what it is. It's got a refueling boom on the front, and uh, the dish is mounted just to the uh, rear of the aircraft, um, just past the wings, and that is um, used, obviously, for all uh, its information. It has a lot of computers on board. So, yeah. yeah so, there's plenty of aircraft to uh, watch on the Queen's flight, and... Um, the Voyager that was there this year, which was uh, the first time I've seen it in the uh, Queen's flight. That's the Airbus one, isn't it? Uh, yes, that's the uh, new one. <coughs> Excuse me, the new one we were talking about, and obviously the TriStar, the VC, the VC10, and um, uh, the Red Arrows, uh, the BBMF, and the helicopters. But a lot of them form up uh, closer to London rather than over uh, East Anglia. So yes, that um, is a site well worth. Uh, going to see if you've uh, if you're interested in that sort of thing. We'll we'll definitely look that one up next year. Yes, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yep. yep. So, shall we move on some uh, some air display news? Yeah, shall let's, we quickly let's fire away. Let's do that. So, for you, for uh, Simon, he Simon goes. Uh, you've been to Ducks for quite a few times yes, this year. Yeah. Um, and we can see that. Um, that next year, um, Duxford are going to have their D-Day anniversary air show on Saturday the 24th and 25th of May. That's next year, 2014. And the D-Day anniversary air show is going to commemorate um, the 70th anniversary um, of this decisive military campaign, uh, demonstrating the vital role that aerial warfare played in the invasion of Normandy. So that's at Duxford on the 24th and 25th of May next year. Um, that's the D-Day anniversary air show. And also at Duxford as well, you've got the uh, Flying Legends air show, which which I've been to. I'm sure you've probably been to the Flying Legends air show. Oh, yes, 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 Simon has, yes. yeah. That's going to be on Saturday the 12th and Sunday the 13th of July next year. At, uh, at the Duxford uh, Air uh, um, Duxford Air Airport Museum, um, the Flying Legends Air Show is going to present the very best of classic and historic aircraft um, displaying at Duxford and also flying. So you'll be able to see the Spitfires and the uh, Hurricanes, and also the Mustang is going to be in that in that air show as well. Um, and then you've got the big one, the big Duxford Air Show, uh, which is going to be on Sunday or Saturday and Sunday, the thirteenth and fourteenth of September next year. Yes, that's, that if uh, that air show is an air show, um, well worth going to um, because you do have a good sort of uh, variety of variety aircraft, of yeah. aircraft uh, there, and sometimes they do have the uh, Belgian Air Force F sixteen uh, Eagle there. Um, which is good, and also the Netherlands Air Force, but uh, that was supposed to display this season, um, this year, in fact, at Duxford, and uh, I didn't display at the later air show, but uh, it was there at the uh, sort of start. So yeah, there's a bit more of a wide variety of uh, jet aircraft and and um, the fighter aircraft at the uh, the actual main major air show at Duxford. Yes, and this year also um, was a good year. We had the seven four seven cargo. Um, 400 uh, cargo plane which flew from Stansted was on route uh, to Germany 
um, carrying cargo, but he'd done a couple of uh, low, uh, very low passes um, over, and that's on YouTube, as are most of the uh, things that we'll be talking about. And that was quite impressive. We've got some lovely shots of that, so I wish you were there to see it because he shook the ground. Well, well now we have our Facebook page all set up, Simon. Yes. You can uh, you can post pictures on yes. onto that. We'll try to, and get uh, some uh, videos. We'll get some good, yeah, we will. We'll try and get some uh, bits, pictures, and stuff, videos from the air shows that we go to. Uh, in 2014 moving on then to the next big one which uh, I haven't been to yet which Simon has been to very jealous I am indeed is Riyadh the Royal International Air Tattoo uh, that's going to be next year on the 11th 12th and 13th of July yes. that's next year uh, you've been there so you know oh, what flies there Oh, there's some impressive aircraft there and even though there was no uh, American participation this year um, there was some really good flying and uh, one year was last year 2012 when the uh, Black Eagles um, which are uh, from Korea uh, they were such an impressive uh, display team I know the Red Arrows are good but these were on par uh, with them really yes they were <laughs> that good yes they were good um, and uh, with their black and yellow eagle on the aircraft it looks quite impressive especially on uh, when the cloud uh, was quite dark and there was the uh, light was quite dark so they were showing up well with their lights on so that was a good display so the tickets for Riyadh are going to be on sale later this year yes well um, you can buy uh, advanced tickets uh, to uh, the air tattoo and they do have a brightling countdown uh, timer to how many days it is uh, I've got that here in front of me actually Simon I can tell you it's 245 days as we sit here uh, 12 minutes uh, or 12 hours and 28 minutes yes uh, don't forget the 30 seconds which and is coming 30 up. seconds <laughs> <laughs> so that's they'll hopefully like Simon said you'll be able to get advanced tickets and, and that for Riyadh which is like I said the 11th 12th and 13th of July 2014 yes obviously um, if anybody wants any updates on air shows around the uh UK. Yeah, do drop us a line. Uh, yes, and also if you want to go to Flightline UK, www.airshows.org.uk, you can get information on them, but as it's early in the um, or late in the year and uh, not 2014 yet, uh, the information for airshows is quite sort of limited at the moment um, and, fly- and what's flying and what's not, but it can give you a information on what the theme is because most air shows do have a theme especially Duxford and uh, Riyadh and uh, Waddington that's another good air show which I'm hopefully uh, try and get up to and uh, yeah I I can see my 2014 is going to be a a, a busy year for me isn't it yes yeah yeah Yeah, I'm just wondering whether we could uh, do an outside broadcast podcast is that possible to do we we, we, will be able to do some yeah we could do some uh, some outside broadcasting that's a definite um, that's well, definitely yes, I think. Yeah, yeah we can that, do that. We could do, um, say, like perhaps a live sort of small podcast from uh, Riyadh or something in the next in the coming uh, months or whatever when that occurs. Or we will do next year. We'll definitely do. Yeah, that or any year. other air yeah. show. Yeah, we'll we'll get those get those on and uh, we'll put them in the in the uh, in the podcast. Yes. So another air show which um, I went to last year. Uh, which hopefully Simon will be coming with us again, or coming with us uh, in 2014, is obviously the, the 
the big one in the UK, Farnborough, the Farnborough Air Show, which is going to be on the 19th and 20th of July. Now, I'm really looking forward to this one, uh, Carlos, because I've never actually been to the Farnborough Air Show at all, ever. So Plus, I think for you as well, Simon, with, with your military love, um, Farnborough is quite heavily military aircraft based there's a lot of a uh, lot of fighter jets there and, yes. and military aircraft there so you you'll, you'll enjoy that yeah and uh, obviously it's in hampshire um which is uh um where farmer is um but a bit of a drive for us but yeah but that's okay we that's okay we, we like we, we don't mind that no. and i suppose this this air show uh, is one of the only ones in the uk where aircraft are actually it's like a shop or a car showroom or, yeah. or aircraft showroom where you, the aircraft are there and a lot of the visitors who do go there do uh, purchase the aircraft, helicopters and whatever else um, that flies. Not us though, we, we can't really afford a, <laughs> an A380. No, it's no, a bit out of our budgets <laughs> yeah, I think. Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like someone was saying, there are a lot of manufacturers there um, as well as Boeing and Airbus and uh, Bombardier and... Um, BAE Systems are there as well, they have a stand, but there is a lot of sales that go on at the beginning of the air show, um, there are various um, airlines um, purchase aircraft, make big orders um, at the air show each year, which yes. is something to look out for as yes. well. Yes, and um, 2014, they're celebrating 100 years of aviation, which is, uh, looks pretty good, so... Um that is a special year to be going. So Farnborough's going to be a, it's going to be a big one. We've we've already uh, we've got our tickets and we've also we're going to um, have a, a night's accommodation before the uh, for the air show. So we're bright and uh, fresh, ready for uh, a full day of um, air show entertainment. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And then we can have a debrief in the. Uh Pub afterwards. I think that might have to <laughs> might, that might have to be a, a, a two hour podcast. I think after uh, after Farnborough, as well as Ria. I think that's that's going to be a, a huge yes. um, huge debrief. I think after uh, yes. after that yeah. that day, and I we think. can uh, sort of give you some of the highlights of the uh, all the shows that we go to uh, next season. So that's Farnborough then. That's the nineteenth and twentieth of July next year. Tickets are already available online for uh, for sale. You can go online uh, on the Farnborough um, website. Just Google that. You'll be able to find that. Um, if you buy your tickets um, before the end of this year on the um, Farnborough Airshow website, you can uh, get the adult tickets um, for £38 each, which will uh, get you in on either the Saturday, the 19th, or the Sunday, the uh, 20th of July. After uh, this year, uh, next year, the tickets will go up to £42. So best to get in early, get your tickets for uh, Farnborough before the end of this year. Yeah, that is one good thing, uh, money being uh, sort of tight for a lot of people uh, uh, at the moment. Um, and uh, obviously air shows may take a back seat for some people. But if you have got the money to spare, that is, with a lot of air shows, you can pre-book your tickets in you advance can, and yeah. if you do that you do save money save money and it's well worth it so that they're 38 pound like we said if you purchase them uh, before the end of this year if you book in the new year online they're 42 pounds and you can obviously buy your uh, entry ticket on the gate at farnborough uh, and they're 45 pounds per adult um, so obviously like we said best to book online now yes. or before the end of this year yeah and also we've got four and a half hours of non-stop flying so that should oh, be a 
<laughs> I, I think is we'll, that enough? I think we need more. Than that. <laughs> we need more. Yes, that uh, that will be good. We'll we'll definitely have to take our uh, uh, collapsible chairs for that day yes, and, and camera yeah. and camera yeah. tripods. I think. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So that's all the air shoe. New, uh, air shoe. Air shoe. Air shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Did you sneeze? Then? That's the, the blooper reel being made already. There. That's all the air show news that we're going to have for this podcast. Then. So we are going to call this podcast to a close, episode two, yes. and uh, we're going to say goodbye to everyone. But first, don't forget, you can uh, find us on Facebook, uh, just search on Facebook for Plain Talking UK Podcast, you'll find us on there, and we'll try and update that with bits of uh, bits, pictures and news as and when we can. Yes, just remember this weekend uh, is... Uh Remembrance Sunday, and yes. uh, we all uh, hope you've uh, gone away your poppies. Um, remember all the forgotten uh, heroes of uh, the wars uh, that were fought, uh, fought um, past, and um, not just the World War One and Two. Obviously, uh, Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, and all that. So there's a lot of people uh, out there will be wearing their poppies, and I shall have mine on, and I know Carlos will have his. Yeah, I've got um, my poppy. So yeah, we will. Uh, we would like you to uh, remember that this. Uh, Sunday with us so yep that's it from me yep and don't forget you can also send us your comments and questions and uh, bits and pieces of what you want us to talk about really on the show you can send those via email uh, to plain talking UK at hotmail.com that's plain spelt p-l-a-n-e so that's plain talking UK at hotmail.com send us your uh, your comments and emails hopefully they'll be good comments like I said, we are only on our second episode now. We are uh, trying to perfect things as we go along yes. and uh, include as much content as we can yes. each week or each uh, podcast. We will, uh, in the coming uh, podcast, we will have some special features on uh, aircraft around East Anglia, which, um, say, like one uh, we're looking into is the uh, RAF Coltshall's history and also the aircraft, uh, which was the Jaguar, obviously the single-seater and the twin-seater. Um, which are now retired, but there are a couple of those um, still on ground runs at RAF Cosford. Um, but we'll look to that in the future. Um, so that is uh, just about it from both of us, I think. Yep, that's it from both of us. We're going to uh, let uh, let you all get back to your lives now. Thanks for listening to the Plain Talking UK podcast. It's been our uh, pleasure um, doing the podcast with you again, Simon. As always, yes, great, uh, a great you, co-host. Yeah, and you, Carlos. <laughs> and uh, again, just a quick bit as well. Hopefully, in the future, we're going to get um, via the realms of Skype um, some guests on the show. Yes, hopefully, uh, we'll get some uh, some good guests on the show. But we'll yes. uh, we'll let you know uh, or when we get a good guest on the show, and uh, you'll be able to uh, to uh, listen to us um, chatting. Like I said, via Skype. So hopefully that'll, that'll be good. That'll go down yes, well. Yes, yeah. We'll get yeah. some good guests on. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, uh, as I said earlier, um, some outside uh, podcasts uh, live from some of the air shows. Yes, definitely. We'll look into that and uh, get back to you on that So. So we're coming up to an hour then. It's been an hour. It's been an hour. It's <laughs> we've, been lovely. It's been lo- it's, we've, we've done nearly an hour. That's, uh, that's a lot longer than the, la- the first podcast we've is done. Is it possible to talk that long oh, about aircraft? <laughs> it is. Because aircraft, uh, aircraft is such an awesome subject to talk um, about. It's our passion. It's our passion. So that's it from me and Simon. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Take care and we hope to hear you all again or for, to, for you to listen to us again yes. in episode number three. So from me, goodbye. And from Simon. Goodbye. Goodbye then. <laughs>